0: Of Exodus chapter 11. We come to the end of the plagues, and it is a tremendously powerful plague. Now, the hit uh, is going to be put upon uh, Egypt, and the Lord said unto Moses 11, 1 of Exodus, "'Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence, and when he shall let you go, ye shall surely thrust you out hence altogether.'" Speak now in the ears of the people, and that every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. What a change for Mr. Moses. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon the throne, even unto the firstborn of the maid servant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts, and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out." And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger, and the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Two more verses, twelve twenty nine. 29. 12, 29. It came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And Egypt was never the same after that. May the Lord blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, help me this evening as I speak. May I say nothing amiss What well, a tr- tragedy to befall this country. They will never recover as they were before, I don't think, after this. And so, Lord, what we see is the hardening of hearts, it's the turning from you, it's the disobedience. May we, may we, your children, be obedient. Thank you for the watch care, the safety, your word, for, for your blessings upon us even this past week. Thank you that we can you have heal our bodies, that you bring instruments to help our hearing and our vision to improve Lord, we are grateful people. Forgive us for not being grateful. Lord, just help us this evening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We see, first of all, then, there's the preparation, the plan, the preserves, and the pain. There is the preparation. It was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said these words, There's properly no history, only biography. Properly you know history, only biography. And Thomas Carlyle, a contemporary, said, the study of history is nothing more than a study of great men and women. We have seen a great man here in Exodus. Matter of fact, if you were to go to Genesis, which is probably perhaps the most important book in all the earth, uh, part of the Bible, obviously the Bible is the most important of all the books of the Bible. You think about this, how much would we not know if we didn't have Genesis? My goodness, we would, the whole beginning of creation, etc., but think about this: you have Adam and his three sons, Cain, Abel, and Seth. That's four. You have Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That's eight. Abraham, nine. Isaac, ten. Jacob, eleven, and Joseph, twelve. So we can do the whole part of Genesis with those twelve men. You can almost narrow it down to Adam, Noah, Abraham, and Joseph. If you want to narrow it down that far? But that's how we sort of think about history, and in, in the the uh, era was this, and in music you think about the composers: Bach, Handel. Vivaldi and then you get over to the classical Mozart and Haydn and then you go to the romantic You got Beethoven and Brahms etc right into the impressionistic and then you got the new uh, and the, beyond that it's not worth listening a lot of it's not worth listening to but we find that's that's how we associate and there's years but people people and Moses excels in this chapter these two chapters in obedience so we, under the preparation, I see the last in verse 11 and 1, and I will bring one plague more. Now this word is different than the previous. This word was first found in Genesis 12, 17, where the Pharaoh's house was plagued because of Sarah. And now again, at the end, it's, it's going to have the same word, a different Hebrew word. It really means it talks about the, the plague would directly fall upon Pharaoh who would lose his firstborn, but it followed all the families. And all of the animals, I was thinking just this. If it's the firstborn, how many husbands? How many wives are going to die? Because I was thinking about, well, she's six and I'm two, so we would be safe. My brother, both he and his wife, both might. I don't know. My brother's the first. I don't know about his wife. She was the first one in her family. I don't know. But it would be a devastating. Even if it wasn't that far along, perhaps it was, I don't know. I could be more delineated than that. But I'm telling you, this would have wiped out in large part, the Egyptian ability to be a, a worldwide power. It says later on in the verse, that at the end, he's going to surely thrust you out hence. Pharaoh would drive out vigorously, out Israel, get out, leave. He was. I'm sure he was, we see he's, he's quite angry, going to be angry about this. Just let him go, expel them. It's expulsion by compulsion expulsion by compulsion go he's promised before but now i want you to go and all together remember if you take just your flocks or just your little ones or just the men. no this time they're all going it's all or none, and they're all, all together they are going you have to be ready israel had to be ready and then chapter 12 next time we're going to see where they were going to prepare themselves have their bags packed if you would and have the meal ready etc and be ready to leave when god says go be ready to go Today, we need to be ready for God to return. Christ is going to return, I believe, for his church at any moment. He's going to come back. And you and I need to be living right, serving right, when he comes back, that we are prepared and will not be ashamed, as 1 John two twenty eight, before him at his coming. Pink says this, Arthur Pink says, The king of Terrors would lay his unsparing hand upon the firstborn, and with all their wisdom and learning, Pharaoh and his people would be helpless. the magicians were of no avail in such an emergency. There was no withstanding of the death angel. By the way, we the, really the angel of death is not part. It says the Lord does that later on. Neither wealth nor science could provide deliverance. Those in the palace were no whit more secure than the occupants of the humblest cottage. Long-suffering God had surely shown himself, but now his holy anger was to burst forth with irresistible might, and bitter and widespread would be the resulting lamentation, end quote. God's going to burst forth upon this people. And I tell you, in the tribulation time, God's going to burst forth upon a humanity that rejects God still so that Israel will come to receive Christ as their Messiah. The preparation of all the last, in verse 2, I see alone, not really alone, but we're going to call it alone because it goes with last. Two L's there together. Speak now in the ears of the people. Verse 2, let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. Let every man borrow. Now, however, in light of this word, it's used later on. It's the idea in Exodus 3.22, 12.36, spoiled. That's what they're going to do. They're going to spoil the Egyptians. You say, pastor, that's so wrong because... Listen, they've been there 400, 430 years being tortured and tormented and persecuted. I think they deserve something because of that. Interesting, the same word, Hebrew word, is mentioned 168 times in the Old Testament, and 162 is rendered as ask, beg, or require. Septuagint gives it ask. Jerome's Latin Vulgate gives it as a request. And Luther's German translation renders it as demand, even. So likely the context was to ask with no intentions of returning. So if I hold up my hanky and, you, and your nose is running and I, and I give it to you and you go, <sighs> <sighs> oh, no, thank you. you. You can just keep it. I, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You can just keep it or take it home and laundry it or wash it really good three or four times and then bring it back and I'll take it back after that. That's the I'm going to borrow from. No, they're going to take, and they're and they're going to willingly give it to them. They're going to need that, by the way, when they get to the wilderness to, to make a tabernacle, etc. They're going to need that. They don't need it for the golden calves, which they use it for that. They don't need it for that, but they're going to need it later on for a good purpose. So, since the Israelites were forced, says Criswell, to work. Through the years of bondage without compensation, God declared they should receive some fruit of their labor. Henry Morris agrees this was the Lord's just way of requiring the Egyptians to pay for all the slave labor they had been forcing upon the children of Israel for so long. Now it is time to turn around and give back the jews did not intend to return by the way what the egyptians gave him for it was a payment so we understand all of that matter of fact it says they're with a great substance genesis 15 abraham's descendants would leave egypt with great substance the world is much indebted by the way to the presence of god's people in it very much so and i think who's going to be the loser the egyptians not only are they going to lose all it, and all their family and all their sex, and all their cows and all their cats and all these things the firstborn of all the cats there's probably be a lot left over of cats. But anyway, the, a lot of, all these things, they're going to lose those. They're going to lose God's people. Do you not think Egypt was blessed because of God's people in there? We in America are the second largest uh, number of Jews live in America than anywhere else in the world. Do you think God has not blessed us because we have harbored and helped and facilitated and been on the Jewish side? Yes, I would say that. If this, there's one remaining Jewish congressman, uh, if he loses the election this fall, then there'll be no Jewish congressman in the Congress, which has been in New York State. And so that's quite a, a first time ever. And so, but there still are God's chosen people. They need to repent, just like we need to repent. America needs to repent. We understand that. But the, the, it's, the, it's the Christian people. The byproducts of Christianity are hospitals and orphanages and the caring of people. It's, it's interesting that we who are following God's word are being so vilified as not caring, not being considerate, not thinking of others. We're the ones who have thought of others. We're the ones who have sent missionaries. We're the ones who have started hospitals. We have done that. But now the culture says, oh, you, we don't really need you so much anymore because you're holding to the old-fashioned traditional values, which just 20 years ago, the vast majority of Americans held themselves but now, since we won't go with the culture, we are going to be vilified more and more and more until things change. The last, the lone, the leader in verse 3. And God gave, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. In spite of the way things have gone, Moses has now, has his his status has been elevated, 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 elevated in the sight of Israel and the Egyptians, vilified, of course, by Pharaoh, I'm sure. matter of fact, Pharaoh said in the previous chapter about verse 28, Pharaoh said unto Moses, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more, for in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. But now Moses went back again, so Moses is still living. So we see that he had so much. He's not, he can't, the think you have power over God is absolutely amazing. A created being. I mean, Satan, by the way, could blow all of us together and power Satan so much greater than man, And yet he was compared to God. He's a created being. The audacity of humans sometimes. Matthew Henry says, those that honor God, he will honor. How meanly soever they may pass through this world, there's a day coming when they will look very great, very great in the eyes of all the world, especially the world that cares. The preparation, and then there's the plan. And look at the scope of the plan, starting about verse 4. Moses says, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. What a display of courage he has gone back to Pharaoh and decreed, Thus saith the Lord, etc." about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. Why does Moses go before Pharaoh? Because God had ordered him to do so. It's God's plan. Moses is God's man. He is obedient no matter what God has asked him to do. At midnight, it's interesting. One man comments that nighttime was an especially fearful time for the Egyptians. In the hymn to Aten, Aten, the author describes the dread of night because the sun god has departed to the underworld and is no longer protecting the Egyptians. For the Hebrews, on the other hand, there is no fear. For behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Yahweh is awake, working, sustaining, and protecting his people. So that's why at midnight they were fearful. By the way, if I had been an Egyptian, now I'm just looking back in hindsight's best sight, but I'd be th- about, uh, we've, had, we've, had, we've had nine plagues. Where are our gods now? We we are bereft of our cows, of everything. My, my everything is gone. Our, our crops are destroyed, and they, look at them over there. They're having a siesta. They're having parties. They're having great food. They're having a great time. The sun is shining, and over here it's black. It's, it's been black as midnight for three days. I'm going to find a new God to start worshiping had I been the Egyptians. And by the way, I think there are, the Bible would say that there were some that did follow them out. If you look carefully there, there were some rabble rousers, yes. But there are, I think, there also some true Egyptians that likely went along with the Israelites. And we'll see that, Lord willing, we'll later on. Verse 5, the scope involved in all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die. And the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the servant that is behind the mill, and the firstborn of beasts this 10th and final plague a judgment against men the god of reproduction haquet the goddess attended at childbirth isis the goddess who protected children and pharaoh's firstborn who was considered a what a god in that era so god's judgment upon the gods of egypt even the cows why would the animals not escape? And that is a good question. Well you now know that the Egyptians attributed many divine characteristics to many of the animals. They would not be spared, and the plague clearly shows Yahweh was sovereign over the gods of Egypt. You go to India today and you go to McDonald's. Well this was nineteen uh, two thousand five. Two thousand five you would go to India and go to McDonald's and you order a uh, a big Mac. Well, that's cow. So you order a Mahara Mac. And so you get a chicken. So you get a chicken mac when there. And so that's the way it is. Because cows are sacred. You don't, so in Egypt, animals were sacred. I think cats were very, unbelievably, cats were a revered animal there in, in Egypt time. Remember, a Roman ambassador got executed for accidentally killed a cat. Compensation is a fundamental law of life. And God is not unjust in permitting the law to operate in this world. Pharaoh drowned the Jewish babies, did he not? The firstborn was coming back to roost. Jacob lied to his father Isaac, and years later, Jacob's son lied to him. Uh, 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 We don't know where Joseph is. Well, there's blood. I guess some animal got a hold of Joseph and killed him. David committed adultery and had a woman's husband murdered. David's daughter was raped and two of his sons were murdered. themselves. So Haman built a gallows to kill Mordecai on the very same gallows. There goes Haman on the scope. There's a plan of all the scope and the sadness and sorrow, if you want to call it that in six. And there was a great cry. The word cry is outcry, a call for help, a call of wailing and despair. The cries of outrage regarding sin that went up to Sodom and Gomorrah in 18 and 19 of Genesis. That's the idea here. It's it's the cry throughout all the land of Egypt, if you would, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. Do you understand these were divinely appointed plagues sent by Jehovah to get the attention of Egypt and to get his people ready to go? It's not, it doesn't happen. It's never going to happen again like that. Nor shall it be like it anymore. The preparation a plan and then we see in seven the preserved and we see the people but against any of the children of israel shall not a god move his tongue against man or beast the proverbial saying meant that no one would offer the least resistance when israel left go just go they're going to be happy to let him go it's not going to be like now they're going to change his mind a few days later and chase him all the way to the red sea but when they first go they're going to go it may be also a subtle reference to Anubis. Now, if you've seen any kind of Egyptian movies, there's this dog with the pointed ears, dog-faced god, has a long snout, that's Anubis, the form of a dog or a jackal. What well, is it's interesting that Anubis guarded mummies of kings from evil forces at night. The point that adds then to this interest, the death plague was having occurred when? At, at midnight. The death plague is coming. Regardless, Anubis is just simply a figment of your imagination that God will also be taken care of by Jehovah. Not a single dog or beast moved his tongue. An invisible hand locked... Their jaws, just as God did when Daniel was cast in the den of lions, so Egypt's dogs were stricken dumb by Jehovah's people set out of the promised land. What comfort and assurance there is here for the believer today! Not so much as a fly can settle upon you without the Creator's bidding any more than the demons could enter the herd of swine until Christ gave them permission in the quote by Pink. Interesting, just this morning there was a little fly, fly while the first two songs were playing, and it was bothering me because it was like, and I was kind Well, not of that, any of that is going to happen. None of that to the Israelite people. They're preserved. And look at the partition in 7, that you may know how the Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel... Pharaoh and Egyptian people sinned against the flood of light and insulted God's mercy. The Lord had endured with this long-suffering and rebellion arrogance against the king of Egypt as well as the cruel treatment of his people. He's been warned. America, you've been warned. You stray from God. You reject God. You throw out his word. You act like heathens. There's no wonder the judgment's coming to our own country. I don't wonder for a moment. But God, can there be revival? Yes. Where well, there's life. There's hope. But it's going to involve the R word. Repentance. 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 God had warned him. But the son would not, the, the, the man, the, the Pharaoh would not submit. Jehovah had publicly, publicly humiliated the Egyptian gods and goddesses over and over and proved himself to be the only true living God. Yet the nation leading by, led by Pharaoh would not repent. I again have to believe that there are some Egyptians that by now as a matter of fact we found earlier about plague seven. Don't you know this is God's hand? We are a lot we are undone. Pharaoh, please acquiesce. The people, the partition, and how about the petition and eight. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out and all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. Now some people say, Christians should never get angry. And if you disagree with those folks, they get angry at you, showing their own hypocrisy. But we know scripture says there is a need for a righteous indignation when you see things that are going awry, when our own children are being just, it's so much about, it's so much on this side, it has nothing to do with the truth on this side, it gets so frustrating at times. And by the way, I think you can listen to too much news. I found that I I enjoy, I I was listening to maybe three weeks, I listened to it uh, every day for a long time, and and I was listening to everything, and I found myself getting discouraged. Those things are so frustrating. And then I stopped and, and listening. And I told my wife, I said, I've not listened to this person for two weeks. She goes, and you're happier, and you're happier. Uh, lots of, if you listen to one good conservative, you do what you want to do. But you, a lot of the others are talking about the same things that you have been listening to. And one good person can get you covered with everything pretty much overall uh, if you listen to them every day. I'm just saying. We have to be careful. But the God is still yet in control. We get, we get angry at sin. Uh, uh, we can do that. Matthew Henry says, To be angry at nothing but sin is the way not to sin and anger. To be angry at nothing but sin is the way to not sin in anger. Why was Moses angry? Well, he had witnessed, this, witnessed the spiritual suicide of a soul and knew that this depraved man would carry his people into this disaster can you imagine moses may well have known some of these people still yet alive it's only been uh 40 years 40 years he probably knew some of them perhaps they were his teachers and yet pharaoh will not relent and pharaoh will not let them go and some of them he knows they're going to die perhaps and so he's angry that pharaoh simply would not turn around and the hardness of his heart he was angry the people, the partition, the partition, and then there's a persistence under this, the preserved in verse 9 and 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of the land. Pharaoh was a great man in the world, but before God, he was a despicable creature. He really was. Many in our world are like that. They are hailed by the world as great successes, and yet underneath you will find their, their castle has crumbled. just in England this past week. I think it's Friday, Thursday or Friday. A man who had been so, his character had been questionable, his actions had been questionable, and the formation of the people in England got to such a point that he resigned. His cabinet was resigning around him. We will not work for a person that lives or does license. So finally, he said, "Okay, I'm going to resign. Not immediately, but I'm going to resign." And 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 the failures, it's it's going to come home to roost. Your sins are going to be found out. They can't be hid forever, and it may not. You may even die in this world without the bad things you've done found out. But God knows, and you will be held accountable. Take the world. Give me. Jesus, can you really say that tonight? Or are you serving for the world's acclaim, et cetera? I trust we put our stakes down with Jesus for eternity. Surely, even the Bible says, surely even the wrath of man shall praise thee, Psalm 76, 10. And Moses and Aaron did these things in the sight of Pharaoh, but God, Pharaoh hardened his heart, God hardened his heart, et cetera, and Pharaoh would not let them go. And for the last couple of minutes, let's look at 20, 12, 29, please. The preparation, the plan, the preserved, and let's look at the pain in 29 of 12. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. Now, I tell you, if you're looking for the death angel, it's not there. The Lord smote the angel of death. I, I don't think the word angel, it says that midnight the Lord smote. Now, I have always thought it was a death angel, so maybe another passage, you can find that. If you do, let me know. But it says the Lord smote all the firstborn of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat in his throne to the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle, Guzik said that the plague was directed against two significant gods: Osiris, the Egyptian god thought to be the giver of life, and against the supposed deity Pharaoh himself. The first, the loss of the firstborn among mankind would be extremely tragic to the Egyptians. Scripture says in Psalm one hundred five thirty six, the chief of all their strength, Butler says, the law of primogeniture prevailed in Egypt as among most of the nations of antiquity. The monarchy was hereditary and the eldest son was known as the Urpa Sultan Sa or the hereditary crown prince. Estates descended to the eldest son and in the many classes or cases, high dignities also. No severe blow could be sent to a nation if it were not to be annihilated, then the loss in each house of the hope of the family, the parent's stay, the other children's guardians and protector. You're talking about a devastation. We've seen some devastating plagues. This plagues, plagues. This is going to be awful, horrendous. It's the last one. We're going to say that. it's like when you're doing the fireworks. Now, that's a positive thing. Wait, wait for the finale, the big finale. They shoot them all up. <laughs> Maybe for like two or three, four minutes. All he shoot, blah, 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 and it's over. This is this is the finale, and they will not recover. A devastating plague, and was the worst one of all. But the more you sin, the worse the judgment. The pain involved. The firstborn also involved the feelings in thirty. And the Pharaoh rose up at night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a cry, great cry in Egypt. From the treasure of scripture knowledge, no people were more remarkable and frantic in their s- mornings, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-S, than Egyptians. When a relative died, everyone left the house, and the women with their hair loose and unclothed on top ran wild about the street. The men also, with their apparel equally disordered, kept them company, all shrieking and howling and beating themselves. What a scene of horror and distress must now have presented itself when there was not a family in Egypt where there was not one dead. So I think when it says here that there was a great cry, that's like a very understatement. I think they were probably just absolute mourning over the loss of their people. I was, we were listening to Danny Boy on oh, the way to church. Uh, old Danny Boy, I was trying to ask, uh, is that a person who's alive or is it passed already? Is that a flower? I'm not sure exactly who, who, who old Danny Boy was, but uh, you can listen to the words for yourself. But there was so much sadness. And by the way, when a person doesn't know Christ, there is sadness. There is sadness when they go past. And finally, there's the fact in 30. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. Again Butler says, throughout the the plagues we have seen this important truth of reaping what we have sown and being punished in the coin in which we have sinned. God purposely and wisely punished folk in the very place they have sinned for such punishment is most suitable. It is suitable for it often hurts the sinner where he has hurt others. In the quote. And that's it. We, we we That's why we say the chickens come home to roost over and over. What you have done may circle back around to to, to, to bite you in the end. We, we find that to be true and here in no less case it is suitable that it helps the sinner to see why his suffering for in the judgment for it points to the sin that is being judged for so killing the israelites god's firstborn pharaoh in egypt were judged by having their firstborn killed we must realize that if we sow weeds in our yards we're going to have weedy yards i mean that's the way it's going to be Yards. Now, I wish that my beans were a little more, I sowed beans, and I got some beans on them, at least they're not apricots on them, but I wish they were a little bit more, mm, I'm just not sure, I've been, I think about this quite often, I was telling my wife, I, I think that it's my raised garden plots, Just they don't go all the way down to the ground because I put grass in the bottom and it's not good soil, and, I have a lot of excuses, so I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. But we cannot sow to the wind and expect to have a good crop. If we sow to the wind, we're going to reap the whirlwind. America, let's wake up to fact that we need to change. We only deceive ourselves if we think we can live a life of rejection of God without experiencing the rejection by God. It's either or. He's your savior or he's not. And may we this week share this wonderful news with others. Now, behold, now is the day of salvation. Just look at it as you go by on the way out. Now is accepted time. Let us pray. Lord, as we look at the Egyptians, Pharaoh specifically, who continually rejected your acts of mercy. Thank you for your grace in offering that to him. Yet he said no and no and no. And he suffered. His people suffered. The nation of Egypt was never the same after this. Because of disobedience. Because of sin. Lord, we, if we get find ourselves involved in sinful actions, may we stop immediately and confess that. And forsake that. And keep relationship right with you. Thank you that you are God of mercy. But Lord, may we not... Tax that mercy by living contrary to you. So Lord, help us this week to serve you. Thank you for your grace upon each of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.